the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Monday, November 2nd, 2020. He's the virus. That's what Joe Biden said about the president yesterday. He's the virus. Of course, it's Donald Trump's rhetoric people talk about. Hillary Clinton called Donald Trump's supporters deplorable. But of course, it's Donald Trump's rhetoric people talk about. Joe Biden has said if you don't vote for him, you aren't black. But of course, it's Donald Trump's racism people talk about. Joe Biden said black people don't have the same diversity as Hispanic Americans. But of course, it's Donald Trump's racism people talk about. Joe Biden said black Americans stock store shelves and Hispanic Americans are first responders and doctors. But of course, it's Donald Trump's racism people talk about. Joe Biden said Barack Obama was, quote, the first mainstream African-American who was articulate and bright and clean running for president. But, of course, it's Donald Trump's racism people talk about. Joe Biden's speech in the last two weeks is a fit of screaming and yelling. But, of course, Donald Trump is too loud. A Joe Biden cabinet could include Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, But, of course, Donald Trump is too loud. Oh, and Donald Trump is too much of a break with the Republican Party. Meanwhile, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez are the essence of the Democratic Party. Perfectly respected members. Traditional. Donald Trump is impeached for a conversation about foreign aid to Ukraine with the president of Ukraine, asking Ukraine to clean up corruption. Joe Biden looks to have profited from his son's business dealings in Ukraine and Russia and China, complete with sources and written evidence. The media doesn't want to touch it. Neither does the Democratic Party. Businesses in major cities are being boarded up right now in case of riots tomorrow and the rest of the week. But, of course, Donald Trump is the one who won't accept the results of the election if it doesn't go his way. Let me put a fine point on that. Is there truly a credible fear, if Biden wins, that truckers, nurses, steelworkers, stevedores, lawyers, golfers, accountants, and suburban moms and dads will torch our streets, just as they have been doing all year? The center, our mainstream, our common view of things, it's off kilter. One rule for everyone is no longer the norm. Equal justice under law has long ago been torn asunder. Fairness and singular standards of investigation and reporting are nowhere to be found. But, of course, it's Donald Trump who broke all the norms. Yes, of course he's loud. How else do you break through this modern-day Oceana? Or was he too? were we to just accept this curtain of hypocrisy and double standards? No president has put together and racked up more peace deals in the Middle East than Donald Trump. But, of course, he's a white supremacist, bigoted against Jews and Middle Easterners. This, of course, is why when Nancy Pelosi was asked about one of the recent deals between Israel and two Arab nations, she called it a distraction. 
a distraction from what you may ask. Well, of course, the ongoing attempt to condemn the president. In other words, do not let facts get in the way of a strong argument. Do not let ugly facts kill a beautiful theory, to paraphrase Thomas Huxley. No president has had more placid of a foreign policy in not starting new wars or toppling other countries' leaders. But, of course, Donald Trump is the unstable warmonger. No president has done more to improve the economic conditions and opportunities of the poor. But, of course, Donald Trump is the one who only cares about the wealthy. No president has done more to take on the behemoth of China. But, of course, as they decry racism and oppression, it's the left that praises and covers for China. No president has done more to improve the economic conditions and opportunities of minorities. But, of course, once again, it is Donald Trump who is the racist. Now, note what happens when we try to point any of this out. We get silenced. The media will not pick it up. It's as if none of it is true. But, of course, it's all true. Why, then, they are not dead, but dead they are, as Lady Anne said in Richard III. There may be no more fundamental part of both essentials to a liberal democracy, namely equality and freedom, than freedom of speech itself. It is what allows dissent. It is what allows for an educated citizenry. It is what allows for the give and take, the competition of ideas. It allows people to make policy decisions after a full and fair hearing. It's what allows the best policies to be ventilated and possibly chosen. It is what allows the average and the powerful an equal place in their right to their opinions. It's what allows us to get rid of, get rid of or improve bad laws. It's what allows us to engage in civil disobedience and protest, allowing us every great social change and movement in our history. So do note, it's the first thing the modern-day left in media, both social and traditional, have tried to limit and restrain. Consider, when you call speech or treat speech as violence, what is the natural response? End it. But of course, Donald Trump is the tyrant. Those who engage in this kind of limiting and restraining of not only speech, but fair coverage of both sides, they know well what they are doing. It's not an accident. The problem, though, is this. They are convinced they are right and conservative positions should have no play or purchase in this society. They are convinced that the only legitimate wingspan of debate should run from left to liberal. They have taken the notion of liberal democracy and converted it into meaning democracies should only be liberal. They are convinced our positions are noxious and theirs enlightened, and it matters not at all what the data or results yield. Our policies lower poverty and provide economic opportunity. A mere accident that was unintentional on our part. Their idea, if the government doesn't do it for you, it's insensitive or uncaring. They are so unshy of this point, their vice presidential nominee could this weekend tweet a lesson on why equality is less important than equity. The former, the essence of freedom and enlightenment. The latter, the essence of government control and race norming. And to them, government control and race norming are the new self-evident truths of operational politics. Anything that deviates from it to the extent of the deviance is not to be tolerated as respectable, much less possible. Hence the censorship. Hence the shaming. Hence the bitterness and anger. It's not new. It's just louder and more ubiquitous. 
They compared Barry Goldwater to Hitler as they did Ronald Reagan and every subsequent Republican presidential candidate. Yesterday, a columnist at the Boston Globe compared Trump and his supporters to ISIS. The point is not that they have run out of arguments on the other side. The point is to marginalize us, cast us out, shame and silence us. Do not forget what they did to Brett Kavanaugh. That is the essence of today's Democratic Party. And this, precisely this, is why so many immigrants from formerly or currently communist countries support Donald Trump. They know the whiff and stench of authoritarianism, and they not only sense it in the modern Democratic Party, they fear it, and rightly so. The history of the world is not a history of freedom. It's a history of tyranny, divine right of kings, bloody wars, poor health. That was the way of the world until a new order of the ages came on the scene, founding itself, separating itself for the first time in history, in the history of the world, not on divine rights or bloodlines, but on the concomitant principles of freedom and equality. Of course, we walked many highways of mistakes. But of course, too, with our founding principles as our guide, we always were able to find our way, course correct, renew, and improve. What is a deviation from our founding? What is a wrong turn? is to pit Americans against Americans based, based on race and class. Those are the foundations of Nazism and Marxism. Either we are all human beings or we are not. Either we are all Americans or we are not. And that, too, is part of the whiff and stench so many who lived elsewhere see here, or potentially happening here. No country is so strong or can be so strong as to protect itself forever. We were told again and again the hardened strength of the Soviet Union would never crumble. It did. We are told China is such a strong leviathan it cannot and will not yield. I pray it does. We, an open society, unlike tyrannies of the past or present, are inherently weaker if, big qualifier, if our own ethics and foundations are no longer seen and recognized as true and worth preserving. Note how it's happened here before. We declare ourselves on principles of liberty and equality and end up having to fight a bloody and terrible war to prove slavery was and should be no part of that. My fear is it can happen again, not with a taking up of arms, God forbid, please no, but an eradication of memory and a surrender to the least moderate demagogues of our time, speaking in one of our least moderate moments, all the while convincing itself and trying to convince others of its moderation. We can fix this tomorrow. Will we? I'm Seth Liebson. Give me a call. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I love the video for this, the one where she's dancing with Riverdance. Is that the group? That's the troop, isn't it? Welcome back. 602 I've been two-timed. Um, Ken and David, regular callers here. I heard on the Gorka show earlier today, and uh, we have lines for them too. But first, one of my favorite people, Tina in Star Valley. Hi, Tina. Hi, <laughs> how are you? How are you? Good, thank you. I'm how are you doing? Do you have a good I'm weekend? Just, uh, I'm wonderful um, because I'm confident, and you know, I've, all my friends and I have been waking up every morning, and the first thought is anxiety, anxiety. But 
I'm really feeling good about how things are. I went to a wonderful rally yesterday up here in Payson. Uh, Ted Cruz was up here, and um, boy, it was it was really cool. We even had a horse with Donald Trump hair. Did you? Really? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right, I have to ask yeah. you a question just to help the mainstream media out, okay? And I'm going to ask you sure. to every caller. Should, by dint of some misfortune or weirdness, Joe Biden win the election? Will you be rioting in the streets? Oh, sure. <laughs> now, come on. I'm trying to. They don't they don't understand sarcasm now. They don't. The, the MSN doesn't. They don't. They, they don't understand the snarkista up here. No, no, no. They're very serious without any sense of humor whatsoever. I know. And, and uh, you know, as an aside, you meant you mentioned both Oceana and Shakespeare and, uh, you know, and, and uh, they don't understand those guys. Either, you picked so, it up. Uh, you picked up both. That's right. That's right. And, and a dose indeed. of Thomas Huxley, too, I think, if I'm not. I, di- I did. I did. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, of course, I'm not going to be rioting, um, right. but I am going to be uh, truculently re- uh, revolting. OK, um, well, that's the word yeah. that Howard Cosell asked. Muhammad Ali, if he was truculent, remember what Muhammad Ali said. <laughs> Do you remember what Muhammad yeah, Ali said? Yeah, well, said? well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to dig my heels in, my 73 year old heels, and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to become a a very quiet, firm uh, revolutionary. Quiet and firm. That means you roll up your sleeves, you take to Twitter, mm-hmm. you pray a little more during your yoga classes, and uh, if, <laughs> yeah. if that's the right word. And uh, you work. Yeah. Uh, you work for the next election. That that's what it means, right? Basically. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I also uh, reject unconstitutional laws. Yep. I mean, there's already so many anyway. But yep. you know that they will they will increase exponentially. Of yes. course, I know. Uh, um, I no, know. That's I, why I, mean, I think. That's why I think one of the greatest things Donald Trump did was one of in his first term was one of the last things he did in his first term, which was the nomination of Amy Barrett. Uh, the, oh, impor- yeah. the import of that is is probably the biggest uh, dividend of the Trump presidency, quite honestly. It, yeah, yeah, and, I mean, and it's hard to measure uh, to measure all the dividends because there are so many. Yeah. Um, but I that that's huge, and she was stellar mm-hmm. during. Uh, well, and you know, I'm originally from Hawaii, and I hang my head in shame when I think of crazy Maisie Hirano. I know. Um, I know. Oh my goodness! Uh, that that yeah. that, that my... it it's it's an incredible thing to see such an idiot serving in such an elite <laughs> organization. It reminds me. I remember, think I was saying, they're from I was Hawaii. The day, He's elected by people in Hawaii, and you know, people in Hawaii are insane. I mean, yeah. with the, with the, with a few exceptions. Of there, are a few exceptions. Uh, there are a few exceptions. There are a few exceptions. Yeah. T.G. O'Rourke once made a line about uh, the, the he he understood the importance of the United States Senate was to remove a hundred idiots from general society, <laughs> and, and I don't I I don't think it's that bad. But boy, she makes me think of that. She makes me think. Yeah. Of that. Well, you know, she's she's part of his parliament of four. Yeah. yeah you know. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it's, her it, 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 I'm, it's in God's hands right now. It really yes. is. And it I is. believe it's going to be fine. Well, uh, no it's in God's happens. hands and ours for those who haven't voted. 
Oh, true that. Well, I already voted. And there I you delivered go. Okay. <laughs> In your case, it's a yeah, okay. I mean, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I kind of waved. you, it's wave, praise the know, Lord but, and pass the ammunition. I'm with you. Okay. That, that's right. I waved the holy water over it and all that happy crap. Right. Oh, Tina, you're great. You're great. <laughs> Check in well, with me thank on... you for what you're no, thank, doing. I'll be I'll be listening tomorrow as much as I can. Well, Wednesday, uh, yeah, tomorrow will be great. Yoga but, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, do a few extra. What would it be? Uh, Chat- Himsas, Chat- Nam- Namaste's. What would it Chat- be? Satyagraha, something. Do a do a few extra of them. <laughs> yeah, all all of the above. Right. Thank you, dear. <laughs> Stay close. Is Mike on? Mike in Phoenix. Hi, Mike. Hey. Hey, Seth, I want to say, um, you know, I listen to you a lot, and I've called in, so when I call in from now on, I'll say Mike H. From Phoenix. Mike H. Okay, take note. <laughs> but anyways, that was that was really a great introduction um, today. You always have pretty good ones, but this was top, top notch. Oh, you're nice to I say that. Hit. Thank you. I, uh-huh. I never know if I'm hitting it right or not. You know, you do this um, every day, and sometimes sometimes you get it, and sometimes you don't. And I wish I could get a copy of it somehow. Thank you very much. Really we put, we put them all up on YouTube. Oh, you really? Yeah. Go to YouTube.com okay. and in the search window, put in 960 The Patriot. Hit subscribe. It's all free. Um, and, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and you can get them that way. I'll do that. And one more thing. I really like a lot of your guest hosts like uh, Robert Graham. Excellent. Yep. yep. But thank well, you. Yeah. So if by some dint of misfortune Joe Biden does win, are you going to riot? Well, of course not. Yeah. I won't no. like the situation. This, this is the greatest last lie of the screaming left in media, this unbelievable nonsense about having to board up stop, shops and, and businesses in, in, in these Democratic cities for fear of, of, of some kind of uh, wrong outcome of the election, like we're some kind of banana republic, as if, as if they have to do this because Republicans will be upset if Joe Biden wins. We have been told Joe Biden is going to have a huge victory tomorrow. Why are they boarding up shops? Are they really worried, worried that Mike H. and Tina and Star Valley are going to take to the streets with blowtorches? Well, if they're putting up um, barricades and stuff on the White House because you're afraid of it, for some ungodly reason that Trump loses, you just keep it up and keep them uh, Democrats from getting in there. <laughs> Mike, no, I mean, obviously what's going on here, obviously what's going on, uh, Jonathan, I think was it Jonathan Turley had a pretty pretty good column about that. He was writing about, um, he wrote, driving around D.C., it was a shocking experience this weekend. Block after block of businesses are boarded up and anything throwable or movable has been removed from the streets. In the meantime, faculty, staff, and students at George Washington University, where I teach, have been told to stockpile medicine and food as you would for a hurricane or snowstorm. The reason? We're about to have a democratic election. The, expect- the expectation is that unless it's a landslide for Biden, there will be rioting, uh, there will be, uh, rioting in this and arson in the streets and cities. This is nonsense. This, this, I mean, I, I do believe that there could be when, when Donald Trump is reelected, but that the media will not report that the violent and the reason we have to shut down cities is because of the left. Left, the brown shirts of the Democratic Party.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 34 past the hour. Time for our culture and economy update with the great John Dombrowski from Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website, GrandCanyonPlanning.com. Happy Monday, John. How was your weekend? Fantastic. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the weather was great for me. I love, oh. I, I love this weather, so all of it is Beautiful great. out there, yes. But lest our friendship devolve into talking about the weather. Yeah, no, no, none of that. Tell, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm becoming acerbic in, in, in our old age, aren't I? There are things I don't like doing, you've noticed. I, I can appreciate it, There's expla- a lot more important things to talk yeah, about. Yeah, explaining acronyms, talking about the weather. Right. Yeah, all of that. I like it when you explain history and the market to me. To, to me. The market was good today. Mm-hmm. What are investors yeah. looking at for tomorrow? Well, let me. It, it's of course election day, right? Now, yeah. one thing I've got to clarify because you are the guru. I'm going to talk to you about this, and I know the answer to this. But I've heard some of the news commentators on various stations talk about the three branches of government being the presidency, the House, and the Senate, which is not correct. Correct. That is not correct. Legislative, executive, and judicial. You got but, it. But it's interesting how some of these uh, newscasters out there are not understanding. And members of Congress. And members of Congress. I have heard. I have heard. <laughs> I have heard two members of the squad, the Progressive Squad, make that yeah. same uh, error. Yeah. 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 So the reason I brought that up is because, of course, I didn't know if you know, but there's an election tomorrow. Right. And and uh, so the question is going to be is is how is this going to affect potentially the market? And there's a couple of schools of thought on this. And one of them is is that, of course, if President Trump is reelected, that this could be a good thing for the markets because that could mean a potential permanent tax uh, to keep the tax cuts, make them permanently. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, that we would have some good uh, you know, area for the government now not to get in the way of companies, right, to allow – you know, not to restrict companies by more uh, – more reasons to uh, I'm just through a blank here sorry Seth uh, but for the uh, companies not to have uh, restrictions right. on the way they transact business right? right President Trump pulled back a lot of those restrictions right. uh, but if Joe Biden wins the thought is is that he's already said taxes are going to be an issue mm-hmm. so we're going to have potentially higher taxes corporate taxes probably personal income taxes will go up as well uh, all of these are not going to bode well for the market and then on top of that, if the Senate does turn to be Democratic, then all of a sudden we potentially have all uh, the House and the President, the House, Senate, and the President mm-hmm. presidency under one uh, mm-hmm. Democratic rule, mm-hmm. which could be a real challenge. So I don't know the answer to this. Uh, from all the polls are saying, of course, that Biden's going to win, but as we know, Hillary Clinton was supposed to win as well. Yeah, and there's a few outliers, and the polls, what's interesting to me about the polls, John, is they have trended over the last week closer and closer toward a Donald Trump victory. And uh, what's interesting about that is that's the right direction if you're a Republican. Obviously, if you're going to see a a swing, and they've all swung, if you're going to see a swing and you're a Republican, that's what you want to see. There's about three polls that are showing other than a Biden victory. And the big question will be if the polling models uh, were, in fact, fixed from four years ago. You know, we're not hearing a lot about the methodology and improvements that's been made to capture 
the Republicans who they missed last time or the independents voting for Trump last time. So there's a couple polls out there, particularly Trafalgar, which is showing that um, that their models have fixed it, have figured out how to get it, and uh, will show a Trump victory. But we'll see, of course, and uh, what the market will do, gosh knows. Um, well, it, but that's what's important is what yeah. what will the markets do? Of course, we yeah. don't know. So it's right. imp- what is important is is to make sure that you're invested appropriately. Yeah. For the pre for this pre-election, as we know, but then also after the election, uh, is is to not make a rash decision but to really analyze and understand what you're investing in. And I think that is the key. And that's what I'm doing for my clients, Seth, is really trying to understand what the results of this election are going to mean for them. Mm-hmm. And that's really going to be critical. And that's what people have to do is, is not just have a knee-jerk reaction to whatever you're expecting the result to be. If it's not what you thought it was, uh, make sure you analyze. And you'll have some time to uh, assess what needs to be done, but make sure that you you take that all into consideration. And if you're working with a financial advisor, make sure that you're communicating with them appropriately. Nicely said, John. And they can do that by visiting you at GrandCanyonPlanning.com. Yes, Securities and Advisory Services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of FINRA and CIPIC, and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thank you so much, Thank you. Seth. Talk tomorrow. Talk tomorrow. Bye-bye. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Delight to welcome back to our um, to our show the uh, great chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, representing Arizona's fifth congressional district, Andy Biggs. Congressman Biggs, how are you, sir? I'm great. Great, Seth. It's great to be with you as always. Thank you, and and you as well. You're a, you're a uh, you're a tonic. You are a tonic uh, with your calm and steady passion for our republic speaking of calm and steady i see here you just wrote a letter to the attorney general william barr because people are expecting some people are expecting a storm on our streets as if we are some kind of banana republic if they don't like the outcome of what tomorrow brings can you tell us a little bit about that yeah so i've been receiving copies of social media posts from Antifa, BLM, and other agitators. And really what they're trying to do is is they want they have a plan to, what they say, shut down Washington. And so before the election is even completed tomorrow, they're asking people to gather at four. And the mayor of Washington, D.C., has facilitated this by providing a plaza for staging. And then they want to, the first thing they want to do is they want to storm the White House and then the next day they want to expand other parts of, of D.C. The day after that, they want to storm the Capitol and and try to really shut things down in Washington, D.C. And so I, I simply said to, to, to Attorney General Barr, help us understand what you're doing. What, mm-hmm. what, I mean, if I'm getting information, then I know they must be getting information. And what are they going to do to make sure that that uh, – Americans are safe everywhere, but also particularly in the nation's capital. You, um, you and I are. I think I think we're close to the same age. You may have seen a few more elections than I have, or a couple. But Andy, have you ever seen anything like this ahead of an election before? I can't think of it. No, I, you really haven't. I mean, we did see some in 2012 
in Philadelphia, where okay. we knew that uh, there's an attempt to suppress um, non-Obama supporters, mm-hmm. uh, people who are going to vote for for someone else. I Obama. remember that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that. that was isolated. Mm-hmm. It was singular, mm-hmm. and it was not broad, and it was not meant to destroy the country. It was not meant to delegitimize the election. It was meant instead to influence the election in improper ways. What we're seeing now is an attempt to, quite frankly, uh, uh, cast a, a, a delegitimization project on the president. They hate this country. They hate this president. And they want to uh, destroy the institution of the United States of America. I hate to say this, Andy, and you may disagree with me and feel free if you if you do. But some of this, I have to tell you, um, I think, uh, was given air. Some of this fire was given oxygen, if you will by none other than uh, your colleague uh, James Clyburn over the weekend when he said the only way Joe Biden will lose this election is if there's voter suppression. And, uh, you know, once you set up that kind of expectation, um, i.e. I, I, that, that, that Biden can only lose if there's unlawful conduct, you have set up these conditions for rioting, as far as I'm concerned. You have set up an expectation in the least moderate part of our population to believe that Joe Biden could not legitimately lose an election. That's exactly right. I mean, and it isn't just Clyburn. You, when you start expanding out to what Maxine Waters has been yes. saying lately, yes. Yes. Um, and that's an expansion of something she said several years ago where she said, you know, go out and hassle and harass mm-hmm. anybody that supports Trump. Uh, when you when you basically call for physical violence against uh, people who don't don't share your political um, desires and disagree with you, you have left the realm of rationality, and now you are fomenting violence. Mm-hmm. You are you are, in my opinion, um, you're violating the Constitution, um, and and so you're right when you when you have all that sitting there right there like that. And you have all the money that's gone into this, and you have all the hatred that's out there. I would just say this. You know, Daniel Greenfield had a great piece today, and he's talking about this. And this is important, Seth, because I, I think it, I think is what we're seeing. The, the Biden people who are voting for Biden, they're not voting for Biden because they love him. Right. They're voting for Biden because they hate Donald Trump. That's right. People are voting for Trump because they love Donald Trump and they love this country. That's right. That's this is a, a distinction between hate and love, and it's being manifest by people like Clyburn, by people who are basically are tacitly. I mean, Kamala Harris did this as well, finding re- reasons to support rioting and looting, as opposed to condemning that and saying, "Look, we're America. We don't do that. We respond." Uh, at the ballot box, we respond with petitions. We respond with, with a discourse. Um, that we're not seeing that. What we're seeing instead is a setup to um, try to dismantle through violent means um, our constitutional republic. And a further infantilization of the republic, I think, in a certain sense too, Andy. Uh, the idea that Clyburn speaks for uh, the place from where Clyburn speaks, or others, some of that you've mentioned. It's as if there can be no, because there should be no rational majority that could feasibly support a conservative agenda, right? Isn't that what it is, that there's one opinion here and only one opinion that can possibly have purchase in this country? Isn't that what they're saying in in a subtle way as Uh, well? 
Uh, yeah, and I don't even think it's particularly subtle, okay. Seth. I think okay. it's, I think it's overt. I think it's, um, if you don't think like we do, you are less than human. Yeah, you should, you should be attacked, um, and that's where the left is gone. And and you know what, that is the way of all authoritarian or totalitarian forms of government. And don't forget, they are that way. Um, the people who supporting Biden and that are on the far left, many of them, they're that way, and. They want the socialist uh, state, so you combine the, the coercion, you uh, combine it with the so- socialism, you combine it with the uh, belief that that uh, means of production should be controlled and governed by the state as opposed to an individual. And you, there's that's like a classical definition of communism, and I think Kamala Harris revealed that very clearly uh, yesterday. Um, one last minute with you, Andy. I know you have to run. But the theme I've been pushing um, today and the last week is, though we say this is the most important election of our lifetimes, it is this year, and you say why. Uh, Because you really have a choice. Uh, The Democrats have made it clear they will um, uh, change the rules, the regimes, the institutions to impose uh, what we were just talking about, a a communistic or uh, quasi-communistic socialist a neo-socialist type of state. They'll, they will dismantle who we are as a, a, a nation. They will attack Second Amendment rights. They're already attacking First Amendment rights of, of association, assembly, religion, uh, and speech. Uh, that's their mantra. The other side is a vote for freedom. Uh, the guy who stands between uh, all of those things and, and, and freedom is Donald Trump. And if you can elect everybody else that's on the on the red side of it, in other words, the, the Republicans, you have a chance to protect this, the state, the county as well. Beautifully said. Andy Biggs, God bless you, Godspeed, and we'll talk to you later in the week, okay? Thank you, sir. Stay well, sir. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Stay a while. We've got some great guests. Uh, Brandon Weikert coming up. Rudy Giuliani coming up. The actor and activist John Voigt coming up. I wanted to say something about what Andy Biggs said. The way the liberals and the left don't want us to exist and how they aren't even subtle about it. You've heard me mention this before. There's a professor at Yale named Bandy Lee. She's a psychologist. Uh, excuse me, a psychiatrist. She's a physician and a medical doctor. And she's frequently a guest on CNN. She put together a book uh, last year, um, The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump, 37 Psychiatrists and Mental Health Experts Assess a President. Basically, 37 psychiatrists attesting to what they did to Barry Goldwater in 1964. You remember there was that Fact magazine that said 1,000-something, was it 1,080? 1,080 mental health professionals declare Barry Goldwater psychologically or psycho- psychiatrically unfit to be president. Uh, created something called the Goldwater Rule, where psychiatrists were no longer allowed to diagnose patients that they did not themselves see or people that weren't themselves patients. All of this went out the window with Bandy Lee and her work over the last two years over the Trump presidency. Let me let me let me explain to you the mind of Bandy Lee, Dr. Bandy Lee of Yale, if you will, Dr. MD. She tweeted this this morning. 
I will quote in full and without, I will, I'll quote verbatim. Donald Trump is not an Adolf Hitler. At least Hitler improved the daily lives of his followers, had discipline, and required more of himself to gain the respect of his followers. Even with the same pathology, there are varying degrees of competence. A refusal to make comparisons has been a problem when they have such similarities. Donald Trump's death toll is now higher than Hitler's at the same period. This is a professor at Yale. This is a professor at Yale. At least Hitler improved the daily lives of his followers, had discipline and required more of himself to gain the respect of his followers. This is a professor of psychiatry at Yale. This is a professor of psychiatry who wrote a book on Donald Trump's mental unfitness to be the president. I believe her continued tenure at Yale makes Yale unfit to teach a single American.